0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Sick in the City, We're Amanda and Mel, two sick chicks spilling the tea on chronic illness. We are back. It has been three long, barren months that we have not been able to do this and chat with each other and chat with you guys. And so we're really excited to be back, but we have a lot to catch
1: up on before we dive in. So hey, Mel, I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> This is just giving me so much life. Um, I've been so ready for this. I feel like the past couple of months have been such a blur. I mean, unexpected, spontaneous, crazy decisions made and lots of changes. And we're excited to catch everybody up. Um, You know, I'm in a different state, which is Uh unexpected. We're no longer two sick chicks in New York. Um, I know. That's so true. I forgot. I know. I know. I had to change our profile. I was like, two sick chicks in
0: <laughs> cities. We're both, I mean, Dallas is a city. It's a city. Oh, it's not big the time. city,
1: but it's a city. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. The city. I miss it already, but I mean, all good things. We're definitely excited to dive in and chat all the details. Um, I mean, you graduated grad school. Hello. Hi. I know. I know. So much
0: has happened. I kind of feel like we did a little summer break almost. Like we took a little bit of a summer break and now we're coming back kind of, I guess, uh, August is the time where people go back to school when they're in college. So it's a little bit of a comeback, but yeah, I graduated <laughs> so much has happened. I think we should start with you moving to Texas. Cause I'm sure that everybody wants to know what the story is with that. So if you're ready to dive in, I mean, fill us in on all the dates.
1: Yes. Um, okay. So me moving to New York was kind of a crazy thing. I mean, I'm not a like spontaneous person. I don't feel like anyone with chronic illness is spontaneous. And no, we can't be. Uh, no, <laughs> it's not allowed. Like, it's no. there's. It's never possible, really. I mean, the world will come crashing down if we make <laughs> rash decisions. Um, but I'm a calculated person <laughs> and it was like the least I've ever planned anything. But I know we've talked a little bit about how what brought me to New York was doing the dynamic neural retraining system, which really helped rewire my brain's limbic system after I was living in mold. And it was a program that really helps you kind of figure out what you want for your future. And something I realized I really wanted was to move out of Texas. It was something I had always wondered about and wanted to do and so moving there was like the biggest thing the most incredible thing I've ever done in my life it was it was life-changing I mean we were only there for a year and a half but I mean moving there I fully was like I'm gonna be there forever that's just what I expected um Uh, and we met I
0: we wouldn't have met if you didn't come to new not just because of location wise but because I only hit you up because you were like talking about New York we are like oh my god like could you imagine
1: yeah Where no, we I'm pretty be? sure <laughs> I'm pretty sure like the only reason I needed to move to New York was to meet you like I I just think that was the plan for the universe it was like go to New York find your best friend <laughs> <laughs> like It was such a long way to
0: travel, which, but which I think also just calls back to how challenging it is to make new best friends as an adult. It's like, you must travel
1: over States Uh, in order to find new (laughs) friends. So sell all your furniture, um, pack it up in a five by seven trailer A journey, (laughs) drive 24 hours and you will find her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it, it really was a journey and like pushing myself To something I never thought I would ever do, really just opened up my whole life, like opened up so many doors for me mentally, physically. I mean, I proved so much to myself of like what I was capable of and did something really kind of fearless. Like, I still can't believe we did it. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know it was going to be a temporary chapter. Like, I feel like all of a sudden the universe started showing me, like, we might need to be back in Texas and it's okay that this is a temporary thing. And, and I just felt a pull to come home. And I feel like I had learned so much and grown so much and made so many changes that it was almost kind of like an exhausting year and a half in a way, because I was pushing myself so hard and in a good way. And I think we all kind of need that chapter of growth in our adulthood where we realize like what we really want and, just kind of like throw yourself out of your comfort zone to, to find it. Um, and I did that. And, and I just realized like, I wanted to be back home. Like after all that change, I just was craving comfort and, you know, a little bit more affordability after leaving my full-time job in 2020. I mean, I fully changed careers from photography to nutrition and, and my boyfriend also fully changed careers from video production to electrician and so yeah, it you know was a small just, feed. Um, I mean yeah.
0: they they say that you know the big the big things in life, right are you know a death, you know a marriage, right moving a career like those are the things I'm sure that there's like specific things. but you did all of those things essentially <laughs> besides the marriage thing, but you guys both did like you changed jobs you moved and you moved twice in New York. You didn't just move once in New York. And I think that's also a pretty big piece because you spent the year and a half that you were here not really rooted. And that's, and that's challenging for someone with chronic
1: illness. Oh yeah. I mean, it was oddly comforting at the same time too. Like moving's exhausting. I don't recommend it to anyone. (laughs) Like just don't move. If you're thinking about it, don't. (laughs) But in general, like it really was kind of cool to kind of just be whoever i wanted to be in this new space it Mm -hmm. was like refreshing um i don't know like i just could recreate myself if i wanted to but i realized that i really liked what i am and who i've become through this chronic illness journey i it always kind of seemed like it was a bad thing right? That I had to like stop drinking alcohol and I had to change my diet and I could go only go to these certain restaurants. It was always kind of a burden when I was in Texas because everyone knew the old me. And mm-hmm. so kind of going away and starting over, I was like, well, I really like doing all this stuff and I'm going to like talk about it. And then, you know, I meet you and, you know, you kind of find the same people that are on the same path as you and mm-hmm. realize like, this is what I was supposed to be doing, you know, all along. But, It's, it's been a ride. I mean, I'm really happy to be back, but I'm also like now suddenly really antsy. Like, I just feel (laughs) like this huge build that's been inside of me for ever since, like before we even moved of like, Mm All these things i want to do and all these places i want to see and and new york in and of itself felt like a year and a half vacation honestly mm-hmm. like I, I mean there's so much to do there so much to see like we never left town and so now that i'm back in dallas i'm like ooh, I'm, i want to travel and i like yeah want to do all the stuff and and grow my business and see what it can become now that i'm like comfortable and settled and have the adventure, uh, behind me for now, you know? (laughs) Yeah, 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 totally.
0: (laughs) And, and we're in a different time, right? I mean, you moved during the pandemic, which was so crazy in and of itself, right? It was such an insane time. And so it's like, now we can go all these different places. We can do all these different things. And, you know, it shows you what you can overcome. And I think that then it's like, okay, now the world is at your feet and you know, what's, what's the next adventure.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I've really been looking forward to getting back into the podcast. I, I know like when we first started this, it was... It was like the middle of the pandemic i mean you and I, I were both we both had like jobs and and but we were at home all the time and mm-hmm. we weren't socializing so there was tons of time to like figure out a podcast baby yeah right? so and much has changed
0: since we started yeah, it too which is just so crazy. much
1: and i've just been really like missing it and excited about diving back in and just so everyone knows what to expect um we both have been kind of talking and really want to make sure we are able to be here for our listeners as often and you know as much as you want us to be like and I want to make sure we're able to continue to spread information and light and positivity and and you know help educate people who want to get well. And so we want to make sure we're putting out episodes every other week. That's our plan. Mm -hmm. So you all can look forward to and expect (laughs) more information, uh, and more guidance and, and lots to look forward to. I mean, Yeah. yeah, I think, I think the
0: other thing that was really, that was really key that we discussed was just how we can really bring to life the mission of sick in the city, which was really about talking about life with chronic illness in in a realistic way, right? Of like talking about the things that people may not be talking about. You know, how do you date while you're chronically ill? You know, talking about things like sex, you know more of these taboo things and, you know touching on topics that people are going through and they're experiencing with chronic illness, that it's not being discussed or they don't feel comfortable talking about it. We, we want to talk about those things. And I think really just showing an example of what it's like to really live this life with chronic illness and how people manage data to, day to day in different, different scenarios. And that was really our mission. And I think going forward, we really want to continue to bring that to life and have interviews with people who are living the the lifestyle and how we can kind of, you know, pick different people's brains and, and really just give you a lot of information and example.
1: Yeah. And, and community. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough now to be working a job where I work with groups over Zoom who are all going through changes and, you know, dietary lifestyle, all the things dealing with debilitating symptoms. And I just had a call last week with these four incredible women who one came on zoom and and basically just said like she was having a really, really, really hard time like she just was ready to give up ready to just throw in the towel and eat whatever again and. And I sat there and watched the other three women in that zoom call like lift her up and I sat there and i'm like how is this, how is this my job, Like, (laughs) I mean just the energy, even just through like mm-hmm. the computer. I, I mean, I start crying. I was like, <laughs> this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. And, and just to see how we all really want to reach out and like take people's hands and just gu- guide them, you know, cause it, it is a lonely road. It can be really dark and really sad at times. And like realizing that you're not alone is so so life-changing and just knowing that like there's this huge massive community of people who are in the exact same same boat and like want to laugh about the weird stuff that we're doing and like reading about and getting into and I know that's always like the way I've been with you and the way we want to be with with everyone listening because I mean, oh my gosh, some of the information I sometimes like share with clients. I'm like, I shouldn't be talking about this. <laughs> it's like like I I always bring up the fact that like my laundry detergent um used to like make my underwear like chafe because it used to like uh, not be non-toxic and and yeah. like I'll only tell women that that I work with. <laughs> if there's like a man staring at me, I'm like, yeah, my underwear used to make we really itchy down there. So, like, I'm, I'm not gonna like tell that to just anybody, but um, that's what we do here, you know. Mm-hmm. Like we want to be able to shine light on the weird stuff that we feel like we can't just talk about in public. Yeah, <laughs> Which yeah. Takes us into
0: some weird places for sure, for sure. But I, I think it's celebrating the highs and and supporting people on the lows because it really is a roller coaster ride of a journey when you're dealing with chronic illness. And I think that's what we're here for. So. I'm really excited to get back into it with you. I think there's a little bit more air in the room now that you've moved, now that I've graduated, and we have a lot more space, I think, energetically for us to focus on this. So we're really excited. If you guys listening have any topic ideas or any questions or anything, DM us on Instagram at sick in the city or our personal accounts. You can do that as well. Um, everybody by Mel is Mel's and Amanda Nova Wellness is mine. Just reach out to us, and we are really excited to cover things that you guys want to hear about. So we're excited to to keep going forward. It's going to be a really fun ride.
1: Yay! And speaking of ride, I want to talk about you and like everything that's been going on with oh you God. because, like, right before I moved there was just so much, like so much happening. I told Justin, like before we moved, I'm like, I want to stay in New York until Amanda (laughs) graduates grad school. Cause like, I just feel like I needed to be around. Like I wanted to be around, but like in general, it just was so much. And like, I know so much has probably lightened up for you too, you know, on the other side of school. Cause you were in grad school for two years and I mean, a really hard two years. I mean, but like leading up to graduation, um, you know, all of it was a sudden, dark, dark time, <laughs> it was a dark time, a dark time and a light time. Yeah, I mean, highs and lows all at the same time. And something that I thought was so funny, a few weeks before you graduated, you're posting nonstop on Instagram. And all of a sudden, like, you have 100,000, 100,000 followers. And I, I like you didn't tell me. And I like pulled up your Instagram one day, and I mean, you literally went from thirty thousand to like a hundred thousand overnight. And I pulled it up, and I was like, "Um, hey, yeah. like, I was like, yeah, it what was happened? Really, you told
0: me it was really bananas. Um and it happened again this past weekend. And I don't really like register when these things happen. So I went actually, just I went from having. Fourteen thousand followers and not being able to grow to now having one hundred and fifty-three thousand followers. Oh
1: my! God. I yes.
0: Yeah, so uh, let's back up. So yes, I it was it was a crazy time for me. So prior to graduation, back in the spring, probably around the time, right around the time that we stopped recording and took a little bit of a break. It was just like a really, I would say, dark time for me. And you decided to move, I think, around the same time, like that all this stuff started like happening. So we were kind of like sending each other smoke signals, I feel like. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'm dying. Um, but it really started with me deciding to get off of all of my medication that I was on. And that really was like the first straw. And I went through very, very bad. Withdrawals. I was very, very sick, and I went through this just like very, very dark time because I had been on medication for two years, and while all the whole time while I was in school, I was on medication um, for for chronic pain and and for not being well. And I just had this moment of clarity as I was, you know, working on my neural pathways and sort of working on my brain and my beliefs and things that I have believed that kind of kept, were keeping me sick. And I decided that I didn't want to be in that place anymore. And I stopped everything. And then I got very, very ill from that and emotionally, mentally, physically. So that was kind of going on. And that was like, all I could do during that time really was like survive. And then following that, I lost my job. So then on top of that, I got laid off my job my full-time job. And then I got COVID (laughs) (laughs) and it was like the, it just, it was a very, very dark time. And, you know, to sort of pull myself out of it, you know, I was, I was very, very depressed. I I was probably very, very challenging to even have conversations with, because I was like, just like, I couldn't, like, I didn't want to like bother anybody. So I was kind of just like, Isolating myself, but then I felt really isolated and alone. And it was just like a very challenging time, and you know, kind of had to pull myself out piece by piece. I spent a lot of time just getting in my car and driving upstate and just screaming, <laughs> like crying, singing, screaming in my car, just like trying to understand what was going on. The funny thing about my Instagram was that I was sharing a lot of information that I had been sharing two years ago before I even went to graduate school, because I had all this experience in holistic health prior to even going to graduate school. Graduate school for me was really about getting a clinical piece of a holistic health puzzle that I already had kind of in the works. Like I had this naturopathic experience and then wanted to add the clinical piece. So I was so beaten down and broken that like all that I could do was like take information that I had already shared years ago, like in 2020 and like repurpose it. And like, was just doing like acupressure points and just kind of like touching random places on my body. And I like, it was like just all I could do. I was like, okay, I'm just going to like show you guys this acupressure point. And then for whatever reason, like I continue to say, I don't know what people believe people could believe whatever they believe. I believe that I shifted something in my, in my quantum field, honestly, like, and for me, having more people follow me on Instagram or on social media in general has always been about reaching more people to be able to help more people. Like I never really have cared about the numbers, except for the fact that like, I realized the more people I reach, the more people I can help. Um, And so it was like one video, two video, three video, like hitting millions of views and millions of views. And I was like, So, and why I didn't say anything to Mel is because I turned off the notifications on my (laughs) Instagram and wasn't paying attention. And this was going on. So like, I didn't really know until my brother-in-law and then Mel and people were like texting me and they were like, Amanda, what is going on? Like, are you buying followers? And I was like, no, I'm not buying. I'm like in Woodstock, like eating at a (laughs) vegan cafe, like just like trying to like talk my own self off the edge, like crying across the Hudson Valley. And this is like happening. Um, and so, yeah, it's just been, it's been incredible because, because of that, now I've been able to reach so many more people and it's opened up a lot of opportunities for me. So that happened following that. I graduated school, which Mm -hmm. opened up my whole entire world and my whole entire life I now have so much more room and so much more space to create content and create new things and and build stuff. And so it's actually allowed me to be able to help so many more people, which is really my mission and my goal.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) uh, like, it's so nice to, like, hear you talk about this because I think for so long it was, like, just pure confusion around, like, where you were headed, like, Mm -hmm. and I mean as long as I've known you it it's just been a like a real struggle I know for mm-hmm. you because it's like where am I going I don't know and it with school and just everything else going on it was really hard to see through that um mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. see through how busy and 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 just keeping up like you said surviving right I mean yeah. on top on there was top, no space of, right there were there was no space and and
0: I think I think I'm still figuring it out i think it was like immediately when i lost my job and i and i think that this is very relevant to a lot of people who go through like maybe they want to be in a different field right or they want to help people and they kind of like the first thing that i did was like apply to a thousand jobs and like interview Mm -hmm. and like all this stuff and like i truly believe like you know i worked in marketing which is like my full-time job for for 12 years and I always was very, very blessed to be able to like get another job quickly. If like something had happened and like nothing was happening, like the universe literally stepped in mm-hmm. and it was like, this is not the way anymore, Amanda. Like we're breaking a cycle. Cause I was like, I need to work. I need, I, I need to work. Um, But I couldn't, I mean, there was a period of time where I couldn't energetically make a dollar. Like it was like, a, (laughs) it was like a drought. Like it was the craziest thing. I couldn't get people to even interview me. It was wild.
1: Yeah. Which is so strange because you you've had such a successful marketing career. And like, I, I I mean, I was over here on the sidelines. Like I, I wish like I could have given you the, the comfort. I just felt knowing that this was your time, you know, like, yeah, because I was just like, it's hap- this is happening. You have a lot of people that you can reach, that you can help, that need your help. And like, you're done with school. Th- it's time. I just wanted to kind of grab you and be like, you don't need to keep interviewing.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. And so many people kept like, like, it's so funny because like, like by, I'll talk about like, like my therapist. Cause I've been in therapy for like three years and she's been like a part of this journey of like watching this. And she very, like, she was like a of like something big is coming. Like it's mm-hmm. like right there for you. And like, I think just from an energetic perspective, it's like when I shifted the focus and I was like, okay, I'm going to stop spending time and energy applying to these jobs. And I'm going to shift the energy and focus into creating things in my own business. And I'm going to start creating this world, which we'll talk about where everything is going now. Right. Cause now mm-hmm. I know, but like when I started to shift that focus, things changed, but when you're in chronic stress and trauma response, which is exactly what I was because I was in survival mode for two years, maybe more right with being sick and being in school and working jobs. Cause I switched jobs quite a bit throughout the past couple of years because I just kept going places and being drained. And it just like was a really rough few years. Your first instinct is fight flight or freeze. Right. And so mine is always like flight like I am like I gotta get out of here like I gotta like I told Rob I was gonna like to just like go live in the woods like it was like insane (laughs) like I was like I need to go do this and he's like Amanda like you don't camp like you hike you don't camp he's like what are you gonna I'm like by myself Appalachian Trail that's it we're doing it we're Cheryl Strayed (laughs) across like that's it So, and like, all I could think is like, okay, I have to get the next thing. I have to get the next thing. I have to survive the survival of my family, the survive, you know, like, this is like where I go. it was very, very challenging for me to shift more into like a, I would say more of a feminine, like receiving type energy from like the masculine breadwinner, intense energy that I've, that I've really been proliferating for the past like 10 years of my career.
1: Yeah. I mean, I will say it's scary as fuck to realize so like I need to step away from the big machine and like try something I've never tried. And mm-hmm. like I mean, the day I realized that I was going to quit my 8 to 5 at that time full-time job as a photographer to like up and move and start a business, I, I mean, I literally could felt like I couldn't breathe. And it was a it was exciting, but like it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. (laughs) And also like, again, like just about
0: that cycle of survival mode, that cycle of like stress and trauma response. Cause this is a lot of what I work on now with people and what I teach on. And because I, I've lived it myself so much. And I I was just telling Rob yesterday that I was so high wired and high strung and stressed out in the previous jobs that I worked at, that I would have anxiety constantly. So like Sunday nights, like, especially like Sunday scaries, I was so anxious. So now I'm working for myself fully. I will get like a wave of anxiety, like a knot in my stomach. And I have to remind myself That I don't have anything to be anxious about because I work (laughs) for myself. No one is coming for me. You know, Mm -hmm. no one is coming for me because that's how I always felt. Like, am I getting in trouble? Am I going to get fired? Like, what did I do now? You know, like I just always was like living in this like massive fear and anxiety that was taking an insane toll on my body. And it's like lingering. So I'll be like, it'll be Sunday. I'll be like, Oh my God, I'm so nervous. Like what's going to like, and then I'm like, no, 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 Amanda. Like, you have control over this now. And yeah. that's been insane, but I still have to remind myself because I'm, it's, it's doesn't just like turn off.
1: Oh no. I mean, it's like a kind of PTSD of like, it is. there's something I need to be doing or like something I forgot about mm-hmm. or, um, you know, and like you said, like it is, it it is really liberating realizing that you don't have to answer to anybody. And, I know, at least for me as a chronic illness, like person, I just did not thrive in that environment w- mm-hmm. where I was working for someone else or trying to meet someone else's expectations or needed to to be somewhere at a certain time and, you know, be coherent enough to handle certain things. and. I know we just talked about that the other day. And like, I had a full on flare once a couple years ago at work. Um, they were spray painting inside somewhere at the studio. And I was in the middle of a photo shoot with like a guest and I, my vision went blurry. Like my vision went blurry. I started sweating. Like my chest got tight. I couldn't see. And I was like, uh, I have to go outside. I can't be here. Like I full on just like, I could barely even text my boss, like, I have to go out in my car, like something bad is happening, and I was gone for like an hour and a half, and half my staff was like, where did Melanie go, like, what yeah. happened, you know, and it's just, it's really tough when yeah, you are it dealing is. with these scary symptoms, um, coming out left and right at you all the time, and, and, you know, just trying to maintain your health, and oh man, having control over that, like, yeah. It's, it is it's, groundbreaking. It's yeah, yeah, it is, and I think I think the other thing too is
0: like, a lot of people will be like, "Well, that's not an option t- for me," and I and I want to say that I didn't think that that was available for me, and now I'm going to get emotional. I didn't. Ne- I never thought that it was available to me, or that it ever was going to be okay, and and I am okay now, and it has taken a few months. I mean it's taken some time to get to, to here, like, you know, faster than I, than I thought, but like, it's (laughs) taken some time, but like, it is, it is available. Like you, you can be in a position to have, have control over that. Um, and, and it's, it, it does exist. And I, I just never thought that that would be for me. Like, I was like, I'm always going to have to work for somebody else. And now I'm like, I'm not ever working for someone else again, if I can help it, like, I'm not doing it. Like, that's it. (laughs) Like, yeah, I love working for me. I like being the boss. I like having control over my schedule.
1: Yeah. I mean, you deserve to get emotional about it. Like you've worked really, really hard to get here. And even though it feels like it's just happening and it's brand new, like you've been working toward this moment for years and that is crazy. Um, And I know we kind of like take it for granted how hard you know you like you were just surviving you're just trying to get through one day at a time, and that is my motto, I mean, within chronic illness, it is my motto like. One day at a time, one day at a time, Mm -hmm. if you can get up and like just get through the day and eat the food you know is good for you and just like start over the next day like eventually those days add up and one day you realize i'm on the other side of it and like it totally it, it takes. A really long time i mean it took a lot longer than i ever thought it would for me but like it, one day you wake up and you realize like oh like i have i have all those things i've been working towards mm-hmm. and it hits you like a train i mean it's like really emotional and and i mean that was the way that i i've been feeling for the past couple of years you know ever since i moved it's like i started this new chapter and i think for me like physically like moving to a new place helped me get over that of like I'm where I wanted to be
0: for like right right what you manifested came to be and it's it's incredible and I think I think for anyone that's like in the dark place like I really started really really small like in terms of like abundance like when I tell you like I couldn't make a dollar like I couldn't even like for the time you know that I needed unemployment couldn't even get my own like there were blocks on everything and that was really really challenging and I started really small with making an abundance list and I started keeping track of any abundance that came to me in my life and it would be like for example I would go visit these farms or I would go upstate to like go get a coffee or something just to like get out of my environment, right? And do my crying and screaming drive. And one of the times I started talking to the manager and he gave me a free donut. And Mm -hmm. of course I couldn't eat the donut because it wasn't vegan. But I was like, holy shit, how abundant am I? I got a free donut, right? Mm -hmm. And I put that on my list, right? And like things like that are like, how abundant am I? because I now have gotten all of these amazing people and co- my community has grown so much, like that's abundance, right. Too. it's not financial abundance, but it's abundance. And I started to count those really small things and then they've grown, but like, it seems like like, but I did that every single day. I was like, here's the stuff that I'm grateful for in terms of like abundance specifically, because that's what I was trying to attract. Like like, dear universe, like I need to pay my bills <laughs> was yeah. really like what it was about. but like, and then i I've done that with other things. Like I another one was like enchantment and magic. And I was like, I would tell some of my girlfriends like, God, if I went out for a hike and I saw a butterfly, all bets were off. like magic <laughs> most magical day ever. and to start to create a magical life, you know, yeah,
1: yeah. I started like a gratitude journal um i think it was like right around when the pandemic started and i had never done that i mean i i don't know why like i it just never felt right for me but when i started the dnrs program it was a part of the program to write down at the end of the day only the good things like even if there weren't a lot um taking a moment and just focusing on the positive stuff that happened that day and like the positive changes you noticed even if it's tiny and that's how we start all of our group calls now with like Mm -hmm. you know practice members who are going through lifestyle change programs um what's your win what's your win from the week and even if it's just showing up on the call like Mm -hmm. it's it's something that can totally shift the way you feel. And even Mm -hmm. if, if it's like at the very end of your day, I made paleo cookies today and I, you know, got to walk my dog and it was beautiful weather and the clouds were really puffy and the sky was really blue and just the little moments. And sometimes that really can help just keep you going. Um, focusing on those little good things, because especially when you're dealing with chronic illness and chronic stress, it's like, it can, you can drown. I mean, you can just Uh be, and that's, that's the way I used to describe it, reaching and grasping for air, like trying to stay above water because it was like things hitting you left and right constantly for years and years trying to get better. And so, yeah, I mean, being on the other side of it, it's sometimes really surreal. I mean, I still like wonder how I made it through it. Um, but a lot of support, a lot of willpower, um, a lot of just like knowing that eventually I would get there like it was like I don't know how long it's gonna take but I'm just gonna keep going and I mean having that that support is really 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 huge and and I mean now being on the other side of it it's all I want to do is is talk to people going through it because it's just so it's so hard and like it's so hard yeah and and i know on the opposite side of things within like the building your own thing right because i i i didn't really know i was ever going to do this full-time i mean i had a great career and i liked what i did um and so i just wasn't ever expecting this and i talked to a lot of friends that were doing this full-time to kind of help give me hope or guidance or inspiration of knowing like how, how do I ever even do this? I mean, no one in my family is an entrepreneur. Like everyone has always done the, the nine to five insurance 401k. Like it's just the way my whole family knows how to, how to be. And so uh, talking to friends doing it, it was like, oh, wow. You know, like they all had those same fears I did and realizing like, these are the steps I took to get here. And the best advice I ever got, was from Michelle Hoover of Unbound Wellness, who has a great food blog. Um, And I originally thought I was going to have a food blog that was like, I was I was a photographer, you know, I figured like, that's what I would do, right. (laughs) But the universe always has other plans, for sure. and, (laughs) And you start realizing like, what really feels good for you in this space. But the advice she gave me was just start. Even if you don't have it figured out, like, just start posting like what feels good to you a picture a caption just start because like it takes years to build and like for it to kind of take shape into what it's going to become and it's really weird that like you and I both our things kind of took shape like around the same time Mm -hmm. because that's that's what's really weird because like yeah it takes so long for this stuff to kind of finally just Find. Yeah.
0: Well, it's consistency. Like Mm -hmm. somebody said that to me. Somebody said that to me a couple weeks ago. They were like, Amanda, like, oh, just so jealous that you have a niche and that you, you know, like all your stuff. And I'm like, this is stuff I've been talking about since 2019, 2020. Like, this is not new. Like, not that it's not new. It's just that I've been doing this for a long time. Like, I started my Instagram page in 2019. Like, so this has been going on a long time. You know, have I shifted things? Have I, applied some of my marketing know-how to, to things that have shifted a little bit, you know, like, yeah, but, but it really has been consistency is really what it's been. It has been is really like continuing and continuing and continuing. And I don't think people realize that, you know, there's no, there's no overnight
1: success stories here. No, no. You don't just like post one video and go viral and like, that's that. Yeah. Yeah, Um, no, it's it definitely takes time. I think I've been posting since 2019 as well. uh, And that that's right about because I graduated in 2018. And so right after I did at the end of 2018, I kind of started like my Instagram and stuff. And I mean, social media is constantly changing. That's the overwhelming thing, too. And so like, as soon as TikTok started, I was like, Oh, here we go, you know, like another one. And I was so like scared to post on there. I had just heard lots of crazy stories and but I've always really enjoyed video. I mean, I I love photography, but I used to make like YouTube videos when I was growing up and stuff and I love talking. Like I mean, I'm sure it's obvious enough via this podcast, but like <laughs> I love talking. I'm my mom like growing up my mom used to tell me I was like a storyteller cuz I I just really I don't know, like, I I've, I, love writing, like, I love getting thoughts out of my head. And so video just always felt really natural, like talking to a screen, which is weird. But yeah, I know something I never expected was that talking about mold would totally blow up online and like, yeah. <laughs> practically break the internet. But I think you kind of have to look for what people are interested in. And like, I never expected that would be something that so many people would need to learn about. And I know that that's how I felt when I found Mm -hmm. out I was dealing with mold toxicity. And so, of course, you know, that's what happens. But the amount of comments I got on the TikTok I posted about mold from people who had been through insane stories revolving like around mold like kids who were chronically sick for years like people who had lost their pets living in a moldy environment like um i mean people who had lost their homes like been homeless for a period of time like i realized like oh my god like there's something like i didn't i have to do something you know like i just realized like when and i know for you too like when you realize like people are just reaching out for, for help in regard to something that you've been through and dealt with and learned about. Um, I mean, it's a totally different experience and especially like online. And I'm, I'm really glad that like people have found me. Um, yeah. I mean, so what is
0: your, what is your next step, I guess, with helping people in regards to mold? Like, what are you going to be doing now?
1: Yeah. So I'm really like, just trying to build information um, and and lots of different options for people. Because I know the main thing that I was so scared about, I mean, probably the two main things when I was dealing with mold was that, one, what are my legal rights in this? Like, w- mm-hmm. you know, like I was renting at the time and I didn't make much money. And so I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, can I sue? Like I, I had spent over $20,000 in doctor's crazy. offices. I mean, I had been trying to get better for like five or six years. That money adds up over time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had spent so much money and like it, it just really, I was like so helpless, so scared. No one was answering my questions. And it's really overwhelming. First off, when you know like your body you're, you know, an autoimmune disease, essentially your immune system's like fighting your body, but also now like the home you're living in yeah. is what's making you sick. Yeah, and it's,
0: nowhere is safe.
1: It's, whew, like it's really overwhelming. And so just being like a resource and a support system for people going through that while also trying to have and create like accessible options for people, because there's lots of different paths you can choose depending on your financial situation. And I always thought like, okay, if I had owned a home, wow, like we would have been bankrupt, you know, how are we supposed to pay for that remediation and construction? And, And I've been lucky enough to be able to talk with multiple companies that have options. If you can't afford to remediate, there's ways that you can do it yourself for way, way, way cheaper. And there's more options now than I ever expected. And so kind of building up my just mold information and resources and and knowing that, like, I'm available to people if they need it, if they need a support system while going through this, somebody to ask the questions, find the right resources, find the right doctors, um, the right treatment plan, uh, the right way to test the right way to remediate and recover. It's, mm-hmm. it's definitely like a lot of steps and a lot of information. I find that there's really not, something like that out there that exists. You're like a mold doula. Oh my (laughs) God. (laughs) Listen to the
0: marketing person. You're a mold (laughs) doula. That's how you're going to market yourself. But it does, it does feel like when you start putting this stuff out there, it starts to feel a little bit like, I always say Bruce almighty, like all of a sudden when he was like, God, I don't know if anyone saw that movie, but when Mm -hmm. he was God, he started getting all of these like things coming in. So like, you start to notice like how many people like how many people need your help and fortunately you actually have mold resources already so like building stuff that you're building now is so incredible but you also have an ebook for people who are like just getting started which is great too
1: yeah it's it's pretty much like the basics of the step by steps and like what i went through if you know if you can't even afford to to meet with somebody like just reading that and like learning about what your options are right out the gate um is why i built that ebook because i i just wish that that was something that i had had um yeah. so it's it's i really want to make sure that things are as accessible and affordable for people because i know I know the expense it takes to get better in the chronic illness world. And, you know, if you're dealing with Lyme disease, like, you know, so many people with Lyme, it's activated because of mold. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're already cocktail. dealing.
0: I always oh. call it the Lyme mold EBV cocktail yeah. with clients. There's usually one, two or three.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and same with like SIBO, like Mm -hmm. there's just so many, so many things that people are working on and remediating (laughs) your house for like, you know, eighteen thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah, it's not an option to everybody. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely excited to share more information about that. And I wanna hear about all things Amanda Nova wellness, because now that you are done with school and you are working for yourself. Like, I know you got plans, girl. So, like, please, I want to hear everything. Oh, what am
0: I doing? What can I legally share? Is my PR team (laughs) like, I'm just kidding. I don't have a PR team. I am my own PR team. Yeah. So, so I've been really focusing on creating and sharing information for people and content. So I've been doing that on Instagram and also on YouTube. I launched a new YouTube channel, which just really funny is, you know, I launched a YouTube channel a couple of years ago that, or a year ago that was just like, did not work because I posted like one video and then never followed up with it. But this one, I release episodes every week where you get a little bit longer format content for me, which is really important with what I do because I, so much of what I do is educational and, and it's very challenging to do that via reels, even though, you know, I post a reel every day and I'm on TikTok and on Pinterest and, you know, you can find information free for me for everywhere, but YouTube is really the place where you're going to like want to go and like actually listen to me for maybe 20 minutes. If that's your vibe, talk about things like adrenal fatigue, the nervous system. And I am really focusing on stress, chronic stress and nervous system regulation. That's really a lot of what I'm going to be focusing on, you know, people who have things like adrenal fatigue. I feel like everybody, all of my girlfriends that I've been speaking to recently that have been calling me and saying, man, I'm having these like symptoms, like what's going on are usually like in some sort of adrenal fatigue, hormone imbalance. I am going to be going forward, launching more of a school and virtual academy where I'm going to have virtual workshops and classes. So that's really where I'm going with this. Right now, I am seeing clients privately. So I do see see clients who can work with me for various lengths of time. However, I am keeping that very, very small as I am continuing to build a place where people can learn. And I, and I would say instead of doing long format courses like I have done in the past and a lot of people do I find them to be very information heavy and overwhelming my Amanda Nova Academy I haven't fully named it yet is actually going to be more shorter classes and, and workshops of that nature on specific topics where you guys could just like really like dive deep into one specific thing and it doesn't feel really hefty and daunting and like too much so that's what's going to be coming soon. So a lot of free stuff, but also some really exciting ways to learn virtually. Cause I really, what I've learned on my path and Mel is going to laugh at this because you have been saying this since day one, as much as I love to coach and consult, I really am a teacher content creator, more of an educator. And I, and I cre- love to create content and, and teach. I don't really love the one-on-one as much, although I do get enjoyment out of putting my detective hat on and helping people, but like, I need to keep that part of my business small for me to have balance in my life.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I know I feel so responsible for people like to the point where I will be laying in bed at night, like, oh my gosh, this could help that person. You know, like it, because I just, oh, God, I just want, I want people to get well. And I know that it's possible. And and so creating resources i think for the masses knowing that you you'll be able to help way more people all at the same time with this information cuz mm-hmm. it really is so vital and it's so funny how much i just think we're all in chronic stress i mean it's right now mm-hmm. things are just crazy like there's just so yeah. much going on and like i told amanda like last week that since I've been in my new place, I just haven't really felt like excited about things. Like I don't, I just don't really have energy in the way that I did like a year ago. And, and I was like, what is going on? Like, even like the things I enjoy like doing and I'm, all I want to do is lay in bed and watch Netflix right right now. And like, I had a friend that asked me like, are you depressed? And it's like, "I, I don't know. I don't think so. Like, I just don't, Feel excited and yeah. and I, mean, I was like, girl, you're adrenally fatigued. Like, yeah, your adrenals on. are shot. Yeah, your yeah. adrenals are
0: <laughs> shot. And you were the second person that I had spoken to that was a friend and and health practitioner too that had reached out to me. And I had the same conversation. And it's it's coming out of the pandemic. A lot of people are chronically stressed, and people don't realize that like the inflammation stuff and and the chronic pain and all these things that are going on and gut you know, dysbiosis and all that stuff is often caused by this loop of chronic stress and Mm -hmm. this trauma response and all that stuff. So I'm kind of like bridging the gap there. It's been challenging for me to make the decision into going more virtual because what I do in the nutrition space and the holistic health space is so personalized and individualized for people. So I do love to work with clients in that way to really like, if someone comes to me with a Lyme or, you know, an issue that they really need to dig into the root cause, you know, they usually come to me and don't know that it's Lyme and then we kind of figure it out. Right the ability to reach so many more people, like you said, being, having accessible information, which is how I feel about the smaller classes as well. Right. Versus like, it might not be an option for everybody to do a $2,000 course. Right. But they could, but they could do a virtual workshop or they could do a virtual class and it's just, and then they can learn to help other people. Right. And so it kind of like, that's the ripple effect. But I have been finding as well, similar to you with, with mold, what people are, contacting me about the most is I would say chronic stress, anxiety. Like people are so anxious right now. Inflammation gut, you know, like people are just not well.
1: Yeah. They're just not well. I'll say like the thing I see time and time again, and especially when I went through this as well, was that you do the food, you do the supplements, you see the right doctors years go by things still really aren't shifting. And like, there's something going on in your life that is Mm -hmm. still holding you back. And I did not get better. And I was not able to get past that until I addressed the stress and chronic, essentially trauma that I had gone through with chronic illness, because like, it's traumatic. And You go through a lot, a lot, a lot of emotions, highs and lows constantly, you know, and I I had been living in mold. And so my body just was under environmental stress and toxicity for years and years. And so depending on whatever you've been through, even if it's just work related, you know, I spoke with a client the other day that had just recently reintroduced alcohol and she had had like two drinks at the end of a hard day. And she's like, she wakes up the next day and feels awful. She's inflamed. And, and she's like, I just don't think I can drink alcohol anymore. I'm so disappointed. And I was like, well, what else happened that day? Mm. And she told me she hadn't slept well. She'd only slept like a few hours. Um, she had went through a lot of stress at work and her, you know, coping mechanism was to drink an alcoholic beverage at the end of the day. I'm like, well, you were just way too full. Like you couldn't handle anything else. And so That's what happens, you know, like it's, it's not always just the food or, you know, the supplements that you missed or something like that. It's, it's everything, it's life, it's stress, it's your nervous system, it's learning those cues and how to handle it when they pop up. That's everything you're doing is really helping people understand like what your body is trying to tell you and have tools to use when you can tell that your stress response is being heightened and bring you back down. And, and that is so important. I mean, I think it's one of the foundations of health and I'm just so Mm -hmm. glad it's being more brought into light about, about the tools that, that we can have that help us stay healthy.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's been, and it's been monumental for me. And I, and I think I think too, like, I think it's so important and we'll talk about this more as we continue to do new episodes, but I think it's so important that different things work for different people. And so like, there's different ways of, of that coming to light, right? Like for you, it was DNRS and that really worked. I had to kind of go more of like the quantum physics breath work. Way, right? Like that was kind of an um, embodiment for me, which we'll, I know we'll probably cover on another episode, but like embodiment work and really like getting trauma out of my body with somatics has Mm -hmm. been really like a big thing. But like it's either brain rewiring or it's doing sort of like that somatic work. Sometimes it's a combination of both. I think it's about like providing people with these different tools so that they can build their own toolbox. And that's really like a lot of what I do. Like I always say to people, like, I am not a healer. Like I do not heal you. I provide you with tools and empower you to heal yourself. And I teach you how to heal yourself. That's what I do. And, and because I had to learn all of these things, you know, in like the school of hard knocks the past, like 10, 12 years that I've been dealing with pain. Right. So it's like, empowering people. So I think it's like, I think our podcast is a resource for people, right? Because we're now going to be covering some of these things. We'll talk about Mel's experience with DNRS a little bit more. We'll talk about some embodiment practices. And I think then you can build your own toolbox to heal yourself. And then you have those tools you can rely on when you need them.
1: Yeah. And that's everything. I mean, it's everything. Like once we really realize like what we need and what our body is having emotional responses to, you're able to bring yourself to where you need to be. And and ultimately like just gaining that education around what you have the power to control helps you take that power back. Dealing with chronic illness feels so helpless at times. And Mm -hmm. like, I remember I, I was that crazy patient, like constantly messaging my doctors every day. Um, and I'm constantly standing up for those people because I know what they're dealing with. And I was like, this is happening, and this is happening, and this is happening. What does it mean? You know, and that was me because I just was so constantly over analyzing my situation, what my body was trying to tell me. And you need that intuition to really mm-hmm. help you to get. where you need to be because pretty soon enough you'll educate yourself to the point where like you hear about something or see something and immediately your body's telling you i need that i need that i need that and like i feel like that's why you're getting so many viewers on your reels Mm -hmm. because you're providing so much information with people that like will see something and be like oh i need that oh i need that oh i need that and like and it's everything you have to listen to what your body is telling you and it's just really, really exciting to get to see everyone's stories unfold, um, mm-hmm. you know, right before our eyes, and and we really want to be able to do that for all of you. And and if there's anything we talked about that you want us to deep dive more into, please let us know, because mm-hmm. there's so much to cover. We all have completely different toolboxes, and that's what's so magical about functional nutrition and and, and holistic medicine, because we all are going to need different things to heal it's not a one size fits all um and let's put your puzzle pieces together and and you know see what that big picture is going to look like to help you get to the other side of things and And yeah, we're just really, I'm very blessed and very lucky to be able to get to do this.
0: (laughs) Yes. We're very, very excited. And even more excited, I think to talk hot gas because it's (laughs) been so long. We can't cover everything from the last three months. We'll
1: just talk recent hot gas, but we're, we're excited about it. I'm so excited to talk about never have I ever. So, okay. There's a lot going on even for summer, I
0: think. So, never have i ever yeah more than
1: normal i mean it's just been show after movie after show i have a long list in my phone of things upcoming so just get ready folks (laughs) (laughs) i know i took a little longer watching never have i ever than amanda did but what you watched it in like two days (laughs) i did i did well
0: you have to remember that there are 30 minute episodes so So fast so fast not that i don't binge an hour long episode show fast but Yeah, it took me about, God, like a day or two to get through it. It was so good. A
1: couple of rainy, rainy Saturday, Sunday. It's perfect. You know what I was thinking about at the end of it was like, this might have been my favorite season. It was so good. It's so hard to pick because they're all so different. Like Mm -hmm. every season, I feel like the theme, the tone, the message, the lesson, it's all evolving from season to season to season. And I just really enjoyed all of the growth and lessons in this season compared to the others because the others like Davy's just you know crazy Davy, right? Like yeah, she's a mess. I mean, she's just
0: there's an immaturity with her that I think is relatable but cringeworthy. and I feel like it was less cringy this season because sometimes I'm just like uh like don't do it don't do it and up oh, she did it she did it and I feel like with this one she kind of stood in her own
1: a little bit more mm-hmm and they jumped ahead by like a year almost it feels like because they went from Valentine's Day when her and Paxson were together mm-hmm. and then after they broke up they fast forwarded to Halloween did you oh, notice did? that no
0: Oh, no, hilarious!
1: I didn't. No. Yeah. So, how long were they dating then? Um, I think they dated from like the winter dance till just after Valentine's Day, because that's because the way that season two ended was oh, at the winter it dance. It jumped ahead.
0: Okay, got it, got it. Not from the season; it jumped ahead in the season. Yes.
1: yes. So they went from like her being a sophomore and Paxton being a junior to then. At the end of the season Paxson being a senior mm-hmm. and davy being a junior yes yes
0: okay that i did pick up on because they did show the kind of the change in her sort of i mean spoiler spoiler alert <laughs> spoilers spoilers spoiler spoiler <laughs> but yes her sort of getting past getting over the relationship and that was like a little bit of like a time i don't know a compilation of different things that happened throughout that time so yeah, yeah. it was it was really good i really was wanting her to lose her virginity. I don't know. Like I was just like, I really want like that was my goal for the season was like, please have her lose her virginity. Um,
1: and I don't know if I feel fully satisfied. Um well, but like <laughs> technically the way technically. The season ended. So okay, for anyone who doesn't know, next season they've announced is the last. Season four is yeah. gonna be it. So I feel like that is like the full circle moment for her because that's like mm-hmm. what the first episode started off as like right that's what i want to do which is why she got into it with paxton but like all in all the whole arc of the character is like being comfortable with herself and realizing like she's not a total nerd and she doesn't just have to have sex to be cool and comfortable with right. herself right. like that's the point and so i get i get that they're waiting till like the last season for it yeah but but yeah, of course, we all just desperately want it. I, I wrote down like a little list of some of my favorite moments. Oh, OK. Season, but a little <laughs> a little back um, behind the scenes thing that I realized the other week when I was watching interviews cracked me up. And I have to tell you, because did, do you know who, what Ben and Paxson's names are in real life? No. What are they? Darren and Jaron. Jaren is that a name that
0: doesn't even sound real
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: a lot comes up for uh Davey and Ben on my YouTube recommendations (laughs) I get a lot of crazy (laughs) no not really (laughs) I'm not really I'm not really team anyone actually I think I'm just too old to be team either of the the that's not true romantically (laughs) no I mean you know how I feel about other people but (laughs) no I just was feeling yes I don't know I was I don't feel like Ben or
1: Paxton but I guess Ben makes the most sense yeah I mean I love Paxton but like the whole story and message of like the finale was that he was a dream right that he's like the hottest guy in school and she was gonna have sex with him, right? Like, yeah. he wasn't real, really. Like, she didn't look at him like a real person, right? Right. Which is his story arc, right? That he gets into college and he actually right, does becomes you know, like a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: There's so much, but I really like a show deciding to end when it's doing well and feels completed. I just, I know we're going to talk a little bit about Riverdale, but I do have (laughs) a little bit of an issue when shows just kind of drag out and then things sort of decline. I mean, I'd rather them go out on a high note and I respect that fully, like tell the story and call it, get out of there, call it a day. Me too.
1: Me too. And uh, am I sad? Yes. But like, it's so good when they do that. And this is one of those shows that just gets better and better and better every season. So mm-hmm. like, there's a point where that stops, you know, and I, okay, so I'll go through. Yes. What? Tell us your favorite moments. So I think my favorite I mean, my favorite episode was obviously the finale. I feel like it, I cried, I screamed, there was so much that happened. But my second favorite moment was the Ben episode where he, where Andy Samberg comes mm-hmm. in as the narrator yeah. and Paxson like, has to take him to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. He's chronically constipated from stress like <laughs> i was laughing so hard that whole episode and i just loved that they, they like made that a part of the storyline because like, yeah. i feel like so many shows that revolve around like a teen girl don't really make the guys out to be meaningful characters mm-hmm. you know like for the most part and so i don't know i feel like they really played up into their stories and and their growth and things like that yeah. like, this whole show is just so much about that But I laughed so hard in the finale when Fabiola sent the sext to Davy of like the robots. Do you remember that? Yes, 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 yeah. (laughs) I was like, what in the world? And it was right before like the last scene where Davy goes over to Ben's. she's like oh sorry this is for addison oh Oh my god yeah
0: which i think was really awesome about the season two is that everybody had really good character arcs like they really focused on the friends and their relationships and brought in a lot of different elements so that it also didn't feel stale of just kind of following davey as well
1: yeah that's i feel like when shows are the most successful where you feel like you know everybody and they're all your friends and you care about where everyone's going to go. I'm curious if Paxson's going to be in the last season because mm, I, I don't, I don't know, know if it's just going to be like the summer, you know, what are they, I feel I like know. there's no way they're not going to show Davy's senior year. Like,
0: no, they are.
1: I mean, something will probably happen Yeah, with her going
0: yeah. somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't I think, know. I think they'll probably show the senior year to up to graduation. Cause I feel like that was probably, that'll probably be the end.
1: Yeah. I assume. I cannot wait to see how it ends. I I truly, this is one of the most unpredictable shows I've ever watched in this category. I feel like I do not know ever what they're going to do. Like, and bravo. Bravo, Mindy Kaling. (laughs) Everything by her is so
0: wonderful. So I, yeah, I loved it. I'm happy that it's back. I really needed that binge. And yeah, I've been having a hard time finding other things mm-hmm. to watch
1: you and i both so okay moving on right because great show i could go on forever about never ever ever but riverdale season six just dropped on netflix <laughs> womp oh womp. um Love. i don't know how this show sucks us in so hard but it does and yes it's so I don't annoying. understand what's happening, though. But what is happening?
0: Like I got to I told you before that I've watched up to episode four, episode five, I was like what the actual F is happening. Like they are yeah. in a different place. They're in Rivervale now. They're mm-hmm. not even in Riverdale. And every episode seems like it's a capsule episode almost, right? Where yes. they're kind of like telling a different story and there was a
1: scary one in there i was there are about. scary
0: well that's what i was gonna say is they're mixing in this like horror a little bit mm-hmm. and i kind of am like feeling like i'm watching like are you afraid of the dark or something where like every episode is like this like other like ghost story yeah but like it seems like every episode is a halloween special yes, you know what yes. i mean and i'm like this isn't why i watch this show like what is going on but at the same time like I have to see this through to the end. I don't want to, I know. but I
1: have to. I know. That's how I was with Vampire Diaries because I I never finished the show, but like I was such a huge fan of that show. But it just got weird towards the end, and and like I don't know. I'm also realizing now that showrunner the Sakasa guy, I don't remember his mm-hmm. name, the guy that makes Riverdale, yeah. also made that new show Pretty Little Liars original yep. sin mm-hmm. that's on HBO Max, which I yep. did. Just watch, which I find really interesting because I watched the original show and the way that they're kind of intertwining bits and pieces of what was in the original show is very fascinating in Mm -hmm. this new remake because they're kind of taking little parts of it that took the entire show originally to play out like Mm -hmm. versions of who A is like the bad guy and like they're kind of revealing that stuff in season 1 of this show. It's happening mm-hmm. so much faster and but it's so dark. And yeah, well everything he does is so dark. Like think about he yeah. also
0: did The Chilling Adventures of mm-hmm. Sabrina, the teenage witch, mm-hmm. which was a remake of Sabrina the Teenage Witch from back in the day, which was one of my favorite shows growing up on on TGIF. Mm-hmm. And it was very dark and I watched it and I liked it to an extent where it kind of then all of a sudden went off a cliff and got super weird. Yeah. And I was like this, like all of a sudden she was like in hell and was the devil. Like it just got strange. So I feel like that's where we're at with Riverdale of like, I feel like he wants to do all these things and has this amazing, amazing imagination for all this stuff, but it doesn't really make sense within the premise of Riverdale. So he creates this alternate universe, but now it's very confusing. Like just finish the, story complete
1: the car- like i just don't understand what they're doing so i did watch i think the first 6 episodes of season 6 during the whole rivervale thing cuz they took a really long time to continue season 6 after those like they took mm-hmm. a really long break so i didn't okay. end up watching the rest of the season mm. but i did watch all those rivervale episodes and there is a conclusion that's actually very interesting that I enjoyed, but it took the whole six episodes to get there. Yeah. So it's one of those Riverdale moments where you're just like, uh, but then the payoff is worth it. But then where are they going to go in the rest of the season? And from what I've seen on YouTube clips and stuff, I'm like, but will I watch it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and I'm going to watch it. And so now you have to. Like, we're going to finish the season. There's usually 20-something episodes. I don't know how many uh. there are but season seven will be their last season.
1: Yeah. So it is worth it to just,
0: yeah, worth (laughs) it to just get through six, get through seven and just hope that they bring a conclusion
1: that feels satisfying and fulfilling. So that's, that's Riverdale more to come on that. And Lily Reinhart, bless her heart. I can tell Mm -hmm. she's like, really trying to push, you know, her the rest of her acting career forward before Riverdale ends because I watched her new movie on Netflix look both ways that I was really excited about and it was not what I thought it was going to be. Like I don't know, I don't even know what I was expecting, but yeah. the premise is that essentially her character is about to graduate from college at UT Austin and she's planning to move to LA to become an animator and she hooks up with one of her guy friends and the scene where she finds out she's pregnant kind of splits her off into two realities one where she is pregnant and one where she's not and she kind of like explores the possibilities of both options and it was just really sad like it was sad <laughs> parts, because like the yeah. whole the whole premise of and purpose of the story is like there's no right way like to go right which is all the
0: only thing that they could do without getting dragged is also the other piece of it like what are they going to do they're going to be like okay it's better to be single and not have a be like there's nothing that they could have done besides have that type of ending which i don't know it's just not that interesting
1: it it was sad and hard to watch at times and i was like do i want to watch a show or a movie about struggles Like real life struggles. No, you don't. We want to watch fantastical things. We don't (laughs) want to watch. Yeah, I think the main thing I thought was the most interesting was that they did film in Austin, which was so fun because like I recognized a lot of the places Mm. they went. Um, and like props to a place for filming in Texas, right? Like (laughs) we haven't had many places go back to Dallas since Panic and (laughs) yeah. There was Panic, and then there was that other show, Cruel Summer. Cruel, cruel summer. summer,
0: and there was another one that was like teenage. I don't know, Mutant Ninja Turtles was remind. That's like what the name reminded me of. I forget. It was like teenage something. I don't know. It was like two sisters that were killing people that we liked. Oh, the Bounty Hunters. Bounty Hunters. yeah teenage Hunter. Bounty. Teenage <laughs> bounty Hunters. All right, I got it. See, I told you. That's what it reminded me. That was also text Oh my god, teenage um, Ninja Turtles. Wow. Yes. So yes, but. I based on your recommendation will not be watching that movie. I sorry. It's not what I need in my life. Actually speaking of fantasy, I think that our listeners need to know something about you and it also reminded me of a new show that came out that I watched. Oh no. So on Sunday night I watched the new prequel to Game of Thrones called House of the Dragon. And that really focuses on the Targaryens. It's uh, hundreds of years prior to the season of Game of Thrones, but a lot of people are watching it. It's obviously the same style. People are into it. And I watched it, and then I learned about Mel that Mel never watched Game of Thrones. I know. Which is
1: shocking because you're so into pop culture. I am. So there's this fatal flaw Justin and I have about big, 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 big popular things that like, we missed the gap on like, I don't because I think it first started coming out when I was in college, maybe because Mm -hmm. I did have other friends that would like get together and watch it but fantasy has never been like my thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I was not a fan of Lord of the Rings growing up like stuff like that. It just wasn't my genre. Um, but I did definitely give it a try, like a couple of years ago when, you know, the show was kind of coming to a close. Everybody's like, you have to watch it. You have to watch it. And it's like that kind of pressure yeah. that just ultimately makes me feel way overwhelmed about watching it because then it's like well i'm behind everybody like yeah i waited until breaking bad and how i met your mother was completely over and like done before i got into it because i was so scared of hearing spoilers and things yeah well and that's the thing with game of
0: thrones is that there were so many you know spoilers and things um And I feel, I mean, I get you, like, I feel that way too. Like I never watched Breaking Bad. I tried to, like, there's been a lot of things that I haven't been able to get into. I started watching Game of Thrones when it came out and I used to watch it alone. This was like in my apartment in Hoboken, you know, when <laughs> I lived with a bunch of like other girls and we, we would scream from the, And then we'd be like, why are we watching it together? You just hear screaming because it was like 10 o'clock at night. That's awesome. Um, And then I stopped watching it because I was like, why am I watching this? And then when I started dating Rob, Rob is very into fantasy, Lord of the Rings, very into Game of Thrones. I watched all of the seasons and caught up. And then we kind of like started to watch it together. But for me, it's very bloody. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I mean, I just really liked the story of it. But watching the show on Sunday, I will say it is very similar to game of thrones in that like it, it was very intense it was very bloody there were parts where i had like my hands over my eyes and my ears like closed and then i was like why am i watching this like this is so <laughs> not my vibe like i need to put rupaul on immediately <laughs> I need yeah. to have drag queens on but the stories are so good and that's why people watch them so if you do like game of thrones i definitely recommend checking it out i will
1: keep you guys posted oh yeah I mean everybody I'm sure everybody's watching it like it's just the one thing I'm not really watching and yeah like I don't know I mean I- I've watched The Witcher on Netflix which I feel like is just as bloody and just as fantasy so I imagine I would enjoy it now but yeah it's on it's on my list I feel like I have a lot of things on my list to catch up on from our move because We were way behind on season three of The Boys on Amazon Prime, which I really enjoy, Mm -hmm. which is also very bloody, but more superhero, comic-y, and I really did enjoy season three. And then I haven't watched the newest season of Barry, um, which I'm obsessed with, which is Bill Hader. I love him. Uh, I'm planning to watch that. I will say I did watch Severance on Apple TV, and I don't think you've watched Severance, but it was one of the so. best shows I've watched like all Oh, year. really? I never
0: not watched anything on Apple except for Ted Lasso and then The Morning Show, which I just didn't vibe with.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I loved it. If you like a psychological thriller mystery type of thing, uh, drama, I, mm-hmm. I would put it in that category. But it's Ben Stiller. He directed and was a co-writer, I believe. I don't know. And then Adam Scott, who I just love. I adore mm, Adam Scott. Yeah um oh yeah yeah okay it's a great show and they filmed it in upstate new york they filmed oh. in beacon which is oh basically where <laughs> i lived when i lived there which was so strange and i didn't know that until all of a sudden i saw like my local like vegan coffee shop you know i was like oh my god like in the background <laughs> oh like, that's, that's fun crazy. okay i'll check it out super cool highly recommend um but you know something that i am highly looking forward to have I decided if I'm going to see it in theaters yet or not? I don't know. The last after movie coming You're out. You're going to see it in theater.
0: You can't see that in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> you have to watch that alone in the dark. What do you mean? On like I've never, low.
1: I've never gone to see any of them in theaters. Like, I wouldn't.
0: I don't want to be like I they're the I sexual
1: I, I can't. I don't want to be
0: around people.
1: <laughs> no. I mean but it's coming out September 7th and like I want to watch it but I don't think I can. See, I don't think I can see it There's I'm just gonna have to hold off until it's streaming. Again,
0: <laughs> Rob made me go see the Fifty Shades of Grey movies in the theaters because he was like what? obsessed with it. Yeah, Why? he made me go see. I don't know. We like had to go to the theater and see it. Oh
1: my! Yeah, something I. Didn't I mean, the know last couple,
0: Rob. last the last couple of ones. I don't think we were together the whole time that the movies were the original. I don't. I don't know. Maybe we That's were, but yeah, so I remember nice. we saw the last one <laughs> at the movie theater. So
1: I feel like. Is that all of our hot goss that we have? There's not I too much so. happening right now. I did because I think our episode's going to come out before this. I did want to let everybody know that the Elvis biopic movie by Baz Luhrmann is going to be streaming on HBO Max on September 2nd. Um, I saw it in theaters, I loved it. It was incredible. All the shit Austin Butler's getting about his like weird voice, you know, it's, it's all worth it. Cause he was Elvis in that movie. It was so incredible. So if you love Elvis, uh, stream that highly recommend, but f- until next time, Amanda, please catch us up on what to look forward to right now yes. in your business.
0: Yes. So right now I have pre-sale early bird pricing and registration for my new masterclass called go with the flow it is going to cover the lymphatic system lymphatic drainage you are going to learn how to do lymphatic massage on yourself you're going to learn all about the anatomy and then there's also going to be a bonus section on iridology so learning the lymphatic stagnation signs within the iris so the class officially starts on september 17th which is two days before my birthday so happy birthday to me you it's totally go at your own pace, but right now there's pre-sale. So if you register via my website or on my Instagram, I will put the link here. You can register now and get the early bird pricing and get access to the class on 917. Yay! I'm so
1: excited. That's like so it's much gonna fun. be awesome. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already, subscribe, like, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And we look forward to talking to you all in a few weeks and stay healthy.